What will happen with Ben Simmons? Can Memphis become a contender? Will the Lakers trade Russ? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show. Coming to you, as always, on a Wednesday uh, at a little bit later tonight, 5.30 uh, Pacific time. I've got Andrew Combo Salop with me to join me as always every week to discuss everything about the NBA and what you want to talk about as well. So, Combo, thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, anytime. That was a great intro, Coach Nick. I feel like you're on your game today. Thank you. Thank you. I've only done this like a couple times in my life, so I think I got it down <laughs> finally. Um, but that's also a testament to how we struggled in the past with this new thing. But hey, don't forget, if you're out there and you want to join us, I'm using StreamYard. Shout out to StreamYard and this new uh, interface. You can join us, and it will also be broadcast to YouTube, so we are no longer looking uh, you know, like the 40-year-old virgin poster listening to somebody talk. We can see you and interact with you better. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I don't know if there's a link to that, if it's easy to find. So with that in mind, I'm going to copy that link. We're going to throw it in the, into the chat every so often, so if you want to... Get on here and chop, chop it up with us. You can do that. And I believe by doing this, uh, it will go everywhere. So I hit that button there. You'll see the the, the uh, link. Let's see if it shows up on my side here. It looks like it should. Um, but that's the link if you want to come on and join us. So, Cabo, what did we talk about first? What do you think? I mean, we could talk about Memphis. because Again. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, they are the hottest team in the league, though. What they did last night was impressive, right? The Warriors, I mean... That's a good team they did that with. It's just their chemistry and obviously the star power of Ja is just ridiculous. And now they're like everything's going their way. They got perfect chemistry. They got guys like Zaire Williams taking like many leaps now. So I mean, like if they could find that two-way wing, like a Zaire Williams, like who knows what could happen, man. And and uh Jaron Jackson Jr. is starting to really play well. Steven Adams bringing that toughness. You know, my question for you, Coach Nick, is do you think that they're really in that contention and they should make a, a win now move. Okay. Well, it's funny. First of all, it, I was like a, a week and a half early on this whole Memphis thing, right? I did a video on uh, Desmond Bain and how he should be most improved. Yeah. Then yeah. I got a video out about uh, uh, John Morant before this last game. Um, so like my vibe right now about this Memphis team is sort of like that OKC vibe with uh, Russ and KD in their, in their prime with like surge and all those athletes where, they could just physically just blow you off the court, right? Like with their speed and their strength. And it's like, it's just, uh, it's so intimidating. And so that's, those are the vibes I'm getting from them right now. And so, yeah, like, is there's the question is, you know, and they are the hottest team and they've been the hottest team for a while. They're like the third hottest team now, like they're, they're on the top at this point. Um, so the question is like, yeah, is there a move they could make that would disrupt this chemistry, but then also get them to another level? I don't know, man, because, you know, I, I like this team. I, and, and you know, once Dylan Brooks comes back, then they'll even yeah. be even better. But could they upgrade Dylan Brooks, for instance? Yeah. Like, there are better players they could bring in, um, you know, that would be better than him that they could package, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, I think Steven Adams might be in the mix. Kyle Anderson might be in the mix. Those are guys they could trade. Are they ready to just rely on Jaron Jackson Jr. as their center for, you know, long periods of time and high usage, you know? Yeah, I, I like the way Stephen Adams fits with this team too. He's got a lot of uh, experience yeah. as well. Uh, by the way, did you notice there's a thing when he when they played he played Russ, uh, you know, not last week, and he was like jostling with him on the free throw line. Did you see that? 
Yeah, a little bit. I it think was hilarious. I it was yeah. great. It was yeah. like two old teammates, and they were. And it was great because no one, everyone knew like this wasn't going to be. Hey, you got to break him up or whatever. But Russ wasn't even having it. It was kind of interesting. But like in his way, he they were like letting each other know that was really great. I thought. But um, so so yeah. Like listen, I and I love Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he is. You know, uh, he can stretch the floor. He can really yeah. make plays. He's so long. Um, we won't mention the the school he went to because that was the whole rigmarole all day on Twitter today. But um. Anyway, so I would like to see them keep it together and find out what's going on. I'd like to see how Taylor Jenkins does as a coach in the playoffs, too, uh, in another run and see, you know, how that develops. So I, I kind of would feel like let's keep this this group together and continue to develop them. You know, the timeline is long for them, right? This is not a one – this is not like Steph Curry at the end of his career. they got to get it done. They have, you know, four a four- or five-year window here. Yeah, it's crazy. And they're going through all different kinds of coaches with COVID protocols, and they're still winning, which is yeah. like – it's just insane. You you compare them to OKC. Would you say even obviously this team doesn't have a Kevin Durant as good as John Moran is, and he is great. This team doesn't have a Kevin Durant, but wouldn't you say their chemistry and their defense might be even better than those teams? Uh, well, maybe. I mean, those teams were really tough defensively. Yeah, I mean, they were. They brought it that way, um, and it feels that way from this team. So I, I don't know. Um, it, it's it's similar. It's very similar to me. They have those like-minded guys. Desmond Bain's the difference. Like, there's a guy who would have been like a hard-nosed defender who couldn't shoot. Right? Just you know, he look, looks that part. And meanwhile, the guy is like lights out. He's shucking Steph. Step back three. The net just rips like a, the loudest swish you can imagine. Um, so, you know, that's the new thing that they're developing. Like, you know, the, the kind of traditional, like, cause he's so big, right? Like I would think, okay, a guy with his big shoulders. He's like a football hard. player, right? Yeah. It's like, by the way, I had said this kind of whispered it, like after I did the video, like, why not play him at center? You know, maybe yeah. in, as we go into the future, there are going to be minutes for him at center. He's that big where unless you're like Jokic or Embiid, you know, you, he, he could probably get low and really hold his ground and, and become a, um, at least an impediment down there. So, uh, I don't know, but we have a, somebody wants to join the show right away. Oh, this is awesome. We have Anorix, so let's bring them onto the show. Oh, let me redo the uh, alignment here. Uh, Anorix, are you there, my man? Can you hear us? Yeah. I have no idea if that's your name, but we'll go with it. Oh, just, just my sister did that. Okay. No worries. How's it going? Good, good, good. And you? Uh, great, great. Happy to talk about the NBA. So, what do you want? What would you like yeah. to talk about? Um, I was going to talk about like um, Fred Bentley. Did you hack my computer? Nope. Are you sure? All right. Nope. I'm working on a video right now as we speak with Fred Bentley. It's going to drop tomorrow. So let's talk. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. Because um, the way he's it, it, been on fire for like the past two weeks now, and it's been dropped us like a seven-two. Yeah, I was going to yep. talk about that. It's been it's been really good. Yeah, they're seven and two in his la in his last nine games. He's almost at thirty points a game, eight or nine assists a game, just just detonating. But it's very interesting, and I'm going to show you the way he's doing it because it's a little bit unique. But um, everyone, seen, I'm sure everyone knows, he's in my favorite player list by far. Like I love Brad Van Vliet. Uh, and I, part of me thinks it's you know I gravitate towards players who are smaller sometimes who can still amongst the trees do some serious damage and so i it's, it's great to see i love his story unheralded out of uh is it wichita state is that where he went to school right i don't really know what was something yeah i think so yep um i think that's where he went i remember seeing him in college being like oh i like this guy there too so um what do you like about that leads game the most like is the, the defense and like the leadership the way like it leads this team every time on the court yeah now, and, I haven't gone through his, his defensive clips yet, 
So you're telling me I'm going to find some like good defensive clips on him? Yeah. Okay. Really good defensive clips. Yeah. Good, good. Because you know I've been focusing only on the offense. I do want to, you know. And by the way, defense, defense. Who really cares right now? But, um, but you know, I, I will check out defense too because I'm curious to see uh, what the impact is there. But certainly overall on the offensive rating and defensive rating, his on and off um, is is one of the best in the team. Uh, and that's a big reason why they're yeah they're seven and two in the last nine, right back in the mix of being in the playoffs. It's really exciting. Yeah, no, not 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 chasing for like a six seed. Yeah, exactly. And and who knows? I mean, is this the ceiling? Do you think that you think they could play even better, or have they hit the top where they can get to? Um, they can, they can if like the um Scotty Bonds and OG start like um yeah start playing a little better because OG is like is struggling a little bit right now, but it's averaging twenty ball. Yeah. I like OG, another guy who uh, I also love and uh, has have interviewed uh, as well. In fact, in fact, I have an interview that I did one on one with uh, Fred VanVleet that I actually did right before COVID hit when I was up in uh, the Warriors uh, game when Steph came back right before COVID hit. You know, so I, I I guess I realized I never released it, and so I had this amazing interview with Fred VanVleet, and I'm going to put it in this in this uh, in this video. So it'll be great. Stay tuned for that one. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Um, all right, let's go back to the side-by-side -side here. All right. Um, we have a super chat from BB Coach JW33, uh, best friend of the breakdown, always there for us. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I can put on the screen. I'm so excited about this new thing where we can we can have graphics and all this kind of stuff. Uh, where does the evolution of the three-point shot go in a post-Steph Harden Durant NBA? Ooh. It well, goes, it goes to the one leg shot, Coach Nick. Oh my God. <laughs> you just throw softballs at me, combo, all day long. This is the wrong sport. Um, well, but talk, tell me, Combo, talk to me. Who is left? Who are the stars in the NBA after those guys are gone? Well, Ja, hopefully Zion, Luca, Trey Young. You know, I think Trey Young's efficiency could go up. He could shoot it really well. I think he really hangs his hat, hat on his passing. But, you know, it's going to be a lot. Like, when you had a run like Steph Curry, you're going to see more prototypes of Steph, of Steph Curry coming into the league. So there's probably going to be a lot of young guys playing like that, you know. Yeah. And to be honest, Steph Curry and Trey Young are prototypes of, you know, um, Steve Nash. So you know, it's a, it's all an evolution. I hear you. You know, in fact, I, I just checked Trey's three point percentage. It's at thirty seven percent, which is getting there. It's a high, the highest yeah. he's ever had in his career. He's trending upwards. How yeah. many attempts do you think he's doing this year per game? Seven. That's pretty good. 7.3, which is a little bit low. Like, that's no. the question. What Steph is going to, I, I think Steph is ultimately gunning for like 18 or 19 a game. I think that's what they want to get into, maybe like toward the end of his career. Which no, is, that's what the team, that's what the team wants, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so they think, and, yeah. they think that benefits them. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if you've watched him shoot the other in you know, the last few games, it's been kind of ugly. I think he had two or three air balls against Memphis, right? Uh, and it was, uh, it's concerning to me. I don't know. He, he looks, yeah. he looks like he doesn't quite have his legs right now, right? Um, you know, to me, so what I had noticed in the video I dropped was that he was parachuting his legs out on the way down, which I think tends to indicate like he's short and he knows it's short and he's almost trying to like, you know, use his hip to kind of nudge it in after it's already in the air yeah, uh, or yeah. something like that. You're not quite um, getting that transfer that you want. Yeah, but but he looked like it was a conscious decision to not do that as much, especially in the game before that, uh, wherever they played the and, and Clay's first game back against the Cavs, and he hit his first four shots, and I believe at least three of those four shots, beautiful legs came right down together, you know. But I wonder if he started to think about all the mechanics or something like that. It got into his head if somebody talked to him because it's that to me is it's just off 
And I don't see – he seems, you know, like he's moving around pretty well and his legs, you know, they don't seem dead to me there. Um, well, the, the finishing the finishing around the rim just hasn't been the same lately. Left-handed, this is what I pointed out, and that's really the, the bigger difference, if you notice. Uh, it's the left-handed finishes, and it's possible – not that I know anything, but it's possible that maybe that left hand's banged up. You know, I think I just tweeted this right now, actually. Why do players – this is not really about Steph Curry, but, like – it's not rocket science to improve prove your offhand. It's not like a jump shot. Like everybody who doesn't have an offhand should be able to get that yeah. within one off season. Well, I think we talked about this before. Um, like I got so good at my left hand layup, I'm a righty that I like my yeah. right hand layup yeah. sucked. You know what I mean? Like I spent too much time on it. But yeah, you're right. I know, it's just but about... when you when you see some of these guys, like yeah. even RJ Barrett, and he's playing really well right now. But like you could get a right hand if you want to get a right hand. It doesn't take that no, much like thought. You know, it just reps, rep yeah. different kind of finishes, rep your handle with it, and you'll get better at it. Oh, yeah. I, I remember being on the court with an NBA player not long ago, and we were discussing different moves on the basket. I'm like, okay, let me see your lefty reverse. Couldn't really do it. You know, over overhead, flip over your head. He could do the right one like everyone. He couldn't do a left-handed reverse. And I was if, like, if, oh. If, if you're playing a lot of minutes, that'll add like three or four points a game. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Okay, I don't. I mean, maybe maybe two points because I don't think you're gonna get more than one of those a game. But okay, something like that. But you'll have you'll have more options. You'll be able to get off shots that you wouldn't be able to get off before. I mean, okay, fair enough. I'm just thinking how many times, like a typical, you know, if it's if it's Steph player, maybe Steph gets three, two of those where he'll have an opportunity to do reverse. And by the way, if you notice, like he has that right hand in reverse over his head, which is beautiful. Love it. Uh, and he yes, can, yes. Yeah, shields the the ball, shields the defender from the ball. But. um yeah, it's 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 fascinating to me that you'll have NBA players who don't dribble very well. It, it's actually gotten I think like it's gone down. Like the Tony Allen kind of player doesn't feel like it's there anymore. They, I think they've solved that issue because remember Tony Allen really couldn't dribble. Like Danny Green is probably one of the last vestiges of this, where you know anything more than one dribble and it's like it's you got to stop dribbling or else it's gonna you're gonna lose it. Um, you know, it seems like they've gotten better at that, but you're right. The finishing on the basket, especially for Steph, has been suboptimal. Worse than the shooting from three. And um, I don't know. They better figure it out because um, it's it's their their offensive rating and stuff is plummeting right now, even with Clay. Um, and I think that they must have told Clay just shoot it every time he touches the ball, right? Yes. Well, he is showing no hesitancy. He has a lot of confidence, and I think he should even get more praise than he's getting. Like you know, I'm coming off an ACL injury. I know how it is. He's coming off two injuries. You know, it seems like he's been playing five on five for six months. Like the way he's coming out and being that confident going into traffic, I mean that's no easy feat coming off those kind of surgeries. Not even the physical part of it, just the mental part of it. Uh, absolutely, uh, and, and right, he's really overcome all that. Now I, I caught a couple times when I was staring at that first game back. I'm looking at his feet, looking at the foot plant, seeing how you know if they were able to reprogram some of his mechanics so he's not going to put that Achilles uh, in jeopardy. Uh, you know, I caught one where he did. He stepped too far back behind himself. He stretched it all the way out, and you saw his knee buckle to like let go of it, which is maybe almost a good thing. Like, oh, I, I'm not. I, I gotta be careful about putting all of that on there. Uh, but he had plenty of good other foot other foot plants that were in his cylinder that that were that held and gave him you know a little bit of explosion back the other way. So uh, it's encouraging, but I'm worried that like you know too many of those kind of steps like that um, you know it, on, a, on an Achilles that's repaired is makes me nervous. But uh, but, but do you know, feel that? Do you feel that he might even have more flexibility in those ankles from all the prehab and rehab work he did? Um, I don't know. The ankle probably, 
But that yeah. Achilles tendon itself, I, I don't know. I would be, I'd, I'd just be worried. I would not want to put it in that situation. Right. By the way, even when you're not uh, coming off an Achilles tear, to put your foot back behind you too far and then yeah. blast it to the ground and your heel hits hard, that's not good. That's what happened with uh, when Kevin Durant blew his out. Uh, we have another super chat again. Nisa Nadu, another one of our best friends of the breakdown, uh, who's always there for us. Thank you so much from New Zealand. Hey, coach, should the Blazers just, Blazers just sack it off and look to move Dame? I think they should. It's not healthy for both of them to keep him. Now, this is a great question because Dame is going to get surgery, um, and he he should have gotten the surgery a long time ago. He's been dealing with this kind of injury for years, and it was a the major point of why he struggled so much uh, in Team USA. He probably should have just not played Team USA, gotten the surgery from day one on the offseason last year, or at the end of last season even. They didn't make the playoffs, right? No, uh, the Blazers didn't make the playoffs last year, right? I don't think they did. Anyway, he should have done. As soon as the season ended, boom, done. He would have been ready and good to go. But now, I, can you can you see somebody you know trading for him? You know, having yeah. no idea how this yeah, is going to go with this. And it's a, it's a kind of a unique surgery on the abdomen or on the abdominal muscles. I, I don't think he's tradable right now. Well, I think if there's a team that's desperate to get a star, it could happen, right? Um, uh, yeah, but why would they? I mean, again, they don't. They won't even have him for months and months and months. It's like, what, is there an incentive to even trade for him then? Till till later, you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of a team where that would where that would make sense. Um, I don't like know. A team, I, that, a team that needs that star but probably won't win it win this year, right? Well, it's every small market team, so it's any team that's not you know. Chicago, New York, LA, whatever. Like Boston. The, the, the Kings would take Dame in a second. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be really tough either way because at some point you feel like they, they might have to move him. Um, but the, the, the city is going to go nuts and, you know, just turn their backs on the Blazers probably for that, that happening. And, um, and then if they trade him, like in theory, like they would want to trade into a contender, right? Like, I mean, as a, I'm not even sure it's a goodwill gesture, but it's like, you know, I, I would imagine if they traded in like Sacramento, then the the fans would really go up, get upset. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think nobody wants to get traded there. I mean, it right. sounds bad, but it's just the truth. It's it's not it's not a great place to be right now. Right. It's uh, it's just a uh, you know people talk about culture and environment, and, and there's just something to it, I guess. After all these years that uh, they're, they're not able to overcome yet, um, and there's probably a couple other places around town, around they the, have, you know, they, the country. They have some winning players there, though. Tyrese Halliburton is a winning player, and uh, yeah, I, just, I would I, I would really love to see him on a different team to see how he can help some of these uh, contenders or playoff teams. Right. And then there's also the, well, there's that Simmons thing we talk about all the time now, that connection between where is he going to go, which also leads us to the, you know, the title of the show, which was about Simmons. They they had a meeting combo. They actually sat down and broke Ooh. bread. I'm not even sure I like that. Um, oh, let's hang on. Hide. There we go. I'm not even sure I like that, um, that, that, that phrase, break bread. But whatever. They had lunch. And um, Daryl Morey and, uh, and and Simmons, they talked a little bit. Anything come out of that? Did you see the uh, reports? Uh, ben doesn't think that there's – well, Ben thinks there's a chance he won't get traded because he feels they're asking for too much for him. Right. Um, I, it sounds like the Sixers and the other end are like, just come back and play and we'll figure it out. Right? Yes. Now – Part of me thinks, okay, what they're going to try and do is he'll just enjoy playing. He'll remember, remind himself how much he likes playing, how much he likes the guys, this and that, whatever. Maybe the trade thing will just go away. Um, maybe that's what Ben Simmons is worried about and, like, is, doesn't want to then play because he's worried he's going to, you know, like it and not want to leave. I don't know. It's a strange situation. 
Ed, do you see how well Joel Embiid is playing right now, though? The craziest thing would be if he comes back and they win a championship. Yeah. And, I mean, the Sixers are back on that same path they had at the beginning of the year uh, without Ben, but when Maxi was going off. I got to get my eyeballs back in the Sixers. I haven't seen him for a couple weeks now. I want to see what's going on. What are you seeing on the Embiid side? Yeah, they need a connecting piece. You know who a connecting piece is? Halliburton? Ben Simmons. Wait, who's they? Oh, the, the, the pieces. Sixers. The, yeah, the, you know yeah, what? Right. Well, yeah. well Halliburton, Halliburton would be an amazing fit. I think he helps the Celtics and the Sixers, but they need somebody on defense. They need somebody who connects the team, and yeah. that's what they're missing, and that's what Ben Simmons can bring. Right. But, um, I mean, you know, we talked about this before. You know, the notion – you know, do we do we want to put it all on Doc? Like Doc's one one sentence at the end of last year, like kind of seemed like it did it. And um, you know, that's I don't know. Yeah, he came. They tried to make like an apology, like promo run. Like he went on first take. Uh, that, that was a mistake, man. That was a mistake. I mean, it was definitely a mistake. And the fact, like you know, after your season's over and you're eliminated in the playoffs, and you have to go talk to the to the to the um, the media. You probably they should like make you have a timeout for like ten minutes, and you have to sit in the room by yourself, or maybe with the other coaches. Just just, just talk about what you're gonna say before you go out there. They um, make too they make too much of that play. I know it was really bad, but it really was one play. And I know he didn't yeah. play great in that series, but yeah, I, I broke all, that video down. I did that video absolutely. That's all people talk about, and I hear really and, I, and the crazy thing is I hear really smart basketball people talking about just that play, like. I just don't get what the fascination with that play is. Yeah, it happened. Like people do really bad things on the basketball court, but that's not who they are as a player. You know, I've seen Ben Simmons dominate the Utah Jazz. Yeah, with Rudy, the Defensive Player of the Year. Like you know, I mean, well, without Embiid. Yes, yes. There's more. Which was the whole? That was the yeah. whole crux of the matter. Is you get you get Bennett center, uh, and he's that unlocks everything for him. But he has he's in the one team where there's a guy that plays that position better than him and that you know he has to you know not be there. It's not a good fit. That's I think that's the bottom line. I think Ben knows this. I think they all know it. That was it was, and I kind of felt like this way, you know, we did talk about this before, two or three years ago. This was not gonna this is not gonna work. This these two in particular players. So it is, you know, time to you know, they, they need to trade him. But again, um, this is interesting again because he's got such a long contract ahead of him. Um, you know, I, I do think he's gonna get traded before February in, in a month. Yeah, what do you think about him to Atlanta? Because there was reports of that. I Collins? thought it was pretty interesting. Is that the Collins deal, maybe? Yeah, the Collins. Because I feel like you could play – Ben could play the five and the one, right? So when Trey is on the court, he could play the five. You yeah. know, when Trey, when Trey has to rest, you could play Ben at the one. I'm just concerned if you're going to try and do like Capella and Simmons in the same lineup as starters. That's the, that's, that's that's the issue. Problem. And the Trey, Capella, the Trey Capella combination is great. So you're right. That is an and, issue. And also, um, you know, with Collins, he can stretch the floor. Um, yes. I want to make sure I, I'm talking in turn, but at least in the past, let's see. Oh, my God. This year, he's even better than he's been from behind three, uh, at 43, almost a, 43%. Um, I hear he's a really, like, he's a really hard worker. He loves the game. He, he's I always love, yeah. improving. Yeah. I love John Collins, who happens to also be a fan of the people, people I'll break him. Um, okay. Maybe one day he'll come on the show. Okay, Come nice. on the show, John Collins. We'll, I'll have to figure out how to invite you. But um, anyhow, 
uh, yeah, we, we love John Collins and he's the prototypical big, like he's the center you'd want. He's, he plays defense. He showed it in the playoffs. He can make plays on that end. He can nail threes. He can roll, <laughs> just destroy rims. Yeah. Um, he's, he's perfect, he's perfect for, for the modern NBA. He's, perfect he's perfect for the ha- the Hawks. So yeah. trading him is like just making a trade for the sake of making a trade in some degree, even well, though the Hawks, if there's have, some have been, kind of, if there's something going on in the locker room, we don't know about, or even the things that we did know about last right. year, like they weren't getting along and winning cures everything. So they went on that winning streak, but now they're losing again. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and yeah, you're referring to John Collins, you know, calling yeah. out Trey Young, but it looks like Trey Young heard it, took it to heart, and he adjusted his game. And I, I, I watch for that even now, and I, I see them the high fives. I see is it sincere. I mean, I try at least from the TV screens, and it looks like there's chemistry there between them. So I, I think that they were able to solve that. Obviously, they're missing. Um, so Cam Reddish has been up and down. And then um, DeAndre Hunter is out again, who was really a good piece for them. But they shouldn't be playing the way they are playing now with who they have active and healthy. And that's a problem um, that you know maybe requires a video and really do a deep dive. Yeah, they should definitely be playing better. I mean, but I think some of the Knicks and the Hawks regression is just that the East got better. Uh, the East got better. Yeah. I mean, the Bulls kind of slid into this area where they weren't, re- you know, no one thought they were going to do that. Uh, and that's another yeah. big issue. Um uh, which should we should we talk about that? I don't even know the, the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about them before. I mean, uh, they're just you know who's the underrated player for them, Lonzo. Lonzo doesn't get enough credit for what he does for them. Um, yes, Lonzo is the glue, right? Yeah, yes. does every little yes. thing, and Caruso does that too. You know, because yes. Caruso probably scores what six a game, maybe like the tops, but he's got such a profound effect on the game. Um, yeah, I, I I I like the team. It's a fun team to watch, right? And I think that they're all realizing. I think that Gerard DeRozan's looking around, going, "Oh, like this is what the NBA could be like, or this is what my, you know, this is how I could thrive in a role that, like, if things are working on a good team, I'm not just like having to, you know, carry the team a lot every night and just to kind of scratch through and barely eke out wins. Uh, you know, this is where they're at now. The problem the Bulls have is they're blowing second half leads all over the place. Even when they win, they're blowing these bigger leads. Uh, if they don't clean that up. Sooner than later, then I would be a little bit concerned going into the playoffs. How much, how long they're going to last? Well, depth and defense are their issues, but offensively they're great. Yeah, uh, they are. And and by the way, that kind of plays into the defense too. Like the more the better you are offensively, the more times you're set as a defense coming back down. Um, I, listen, I'll even see um, you know Vucevic. And you know what? I'm forgetting now because it's not how you're supposed to pronounce it, is it? What someone remind me of the Darkins chat? Thing? Vuce, 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 Vuce. Is it Vucevic? And I'm saying Vucevic. Is that I think that's I think what, someone corrected me. And like, listen, I, I pride myself on you know nailing the names perfectly. Mm. So I think it's Vucevic. Vucevic. That's I think that's what it. Not Vucevic. Vucevic? I think that might be it. But someone tell me in the in the comments. And then because um, it was like I can remember this going back to um, oh god, who's the center on the Rockets? Uh, uh, Ashik. Everyone was calling him Asik. And I was like, I had these Turkish fans who were like, no, it's Ashik. And I was like the like the first guy out there trying to tell everybody. No one wanted to believe me. And finally, they started pronouncing it right on the on the, uh, the broadcast. So I let's if anyone wants to tell me Vucevic, not Vucevic, because we all call him Vuce. So that has to be why, right? Um, unless there's some other weird way, way to do it. But let me let me just check here on the uh, uh, the thing. But anyhow, uh, and then maybe we'll have some more people come in. I just tweeted it out. Did you tweet out the show tonight, uh, today? Combo? I retweeted it once you tweeted it. All right. You, you retweeted my tweet. I, I feel so special. We have another super chat from BB Coach JW33, who actually came on the show the other day. It was great to see him. 
Um, let's see what he has to say. And thank you so much. Again, if you want to catch my uh, our attention, combo and I's attention, uh, and answer your question, Super Chat is the way to go. This is how we end up interacting more directly with you guys. Um, although, don't think I don't see you guys. I see Nick Basketball in there. I see Sam Stone. I see Hardy, Hardy Z Rock, Rocks Ray 619, uh, who wants to talk about the Raptors and their top 10 offense, but struggling defense. But first, we have to get to this one, the Super Chat. How many championship role players is one superstar like Russ worth? Would the Lakers have been better off keeping those role players? Great question. You want to jump on this one, Combo? Yes. They, they should have kept their role players. They should have found a way to keep Caruso. Um, they should have found a way to keep Kyle. They should have found a way to keep KCP. And, you know, everybody knew this wasn't a great fit. We've talked about Russ a lot on this show. And uh, right now, he's worth no championship role players because he has no trade value. So, right. It is what it is. Kuzma is averaging almost 16 points a game. He's shooting only 32% from three and 45% overall. But uh, he's grabbing almost nine rebounds, uh, almost three assists a game. Uh, you know, his game has always been overlooked with the Lakers. And I think that it almost is a good thing that he got out of there because he wasn't, you know, um, valued highly enough. But um, they could really use him <laughs> without question. They could really use well, him. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think just the way people think about players these days is like if people laugh at them on Twitter, they're like not very good at basketball. They're kind of like a joke, but that's not really the case. Like I feel like he's one of those guys that people like to laugh at on, on Twitter about whatever yeah, right. or that. And they well, we've seen Devin that Williams right do his thing with the uh, he'll make a pass and then he'll look away like it's a no look pass, but it's after he released it or, or that was what it was something like that. No, Spencer Spencer did what he said that about Kyle. Oh, Spencer did that. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Another friend of the breakdown. Um, but yeah, so, but listen, I always thought Kuzma was a guy who like could really help you. And he did. He was the guy that was that that linchpin on a, on a championship team. So there's no question they should have tried to figure out how to keep them. Uh, but certainly the Buddy Heel deal would have been better too. Do you remember what yeah, that deal I was? Mean, yeah, definitely. definitely. Oh, so there's Ken telling me it's Vucevic. All right, so that's the difference. Not Vucevic. Vucevic. I got it. But um, the deal for Buddy Healed was i think probably similar for the than the rust deal right yeah i think so but they would have had more shooting around lebron and that would have been great like it's, yes and it's like a huge swing of shooting it's not like it's not like a guy who doesn't shoot or can shoot and then an average shooter like buddy hield is a plus shooter so it's a huge swing oh and just yeah the fit was better um, yeah. but by the way, like when I do want to take a deep dive, I did a, you know, a couple of videos with the Lakers. I think I had to take a break, but, um, you know, Russ has ended up, you know, not turning the ball over at all. Right. He had a zero turnover and then he had another zero turnover game, but like didn't score, looked pretty shot really horribly. And I'm wondering, you know, I have to watch a little bit more closely the next one. Um, if he decided to say to himself, well, F this, I'm going to show you, I don't, I can't, I don't, I won't turn the ball over, but it makes him so unaggressive that he's just not effective at all anyway. Like, why are you out there then, right? Like, I almost feel like that might be what has been happening. I'm looking at his game logs real quick because I want to just tell you. Um, after that nine turnover game where he then came out and I posted this thing, went viral, I actually had to mute a tweet because it was just it wouldn't leave my mentions. But uh, he said something like, you know, it doesn't matter if I turn the ball over, you know, and it kind of does. So at that after that, he went zero turnovers, three, and then zero again. Uh, but mm. meanwhile, the game that he had zero against Memphis when they got beat by eight, he had um, six points, shot two for 12. He 
you know, six assists. He just was not engaged as much. So that's my take on it is like his version of not of being able to show everybody he won't turn the ball over. It's just like just being ineffective overall and not impactful. Well, it looks like they're not going to be able to trade Russ. So I want to ask you, Coach Nick, what would yeah. you do with this team on the offensive side of the basketball? I would just, um, you know, put Anthony Davis in the lineup as soon as I can. Right. Well, yeah. That'll that'll change a lot of things. And listen, they're competitive with some of these games, and they were beating other teams looking good. Um, so I just feel like you know, once AD comes back, that they're obviously better. So now, okay, they're in the top three or top three, let's just say in the West or something like that, top three ish. That's mm-hmm. good. And then from there, it's a crapshoot in the playoffs. Whether or not they get through, somebody gets hurt, and then boom, right there back. And in there's the not, you know, there's not a big sample size, but the numbers are good when Russ. AD and LeBron are on the court together. So right. we'll see. We'll see how that goes forward. And, you know, AD is probably going to shoot better at some point. So there is some reasons to be optimistic. Uh, yeah, he's it's that low. There's only one way to go. One, one way to go. For, okay, so I'll give you that. But uh, but it's not great. His jump shots never look great to me. Um, and the, the way he trains it, I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of that in the summers. It's like, you know, it didn't indicate to me that that was going to be an improvement for him. So, um you know, interesting, like weird, like slow mo shooting stuff that was like scratching my head, scratching. But, but Coach Nick, you know how workouts go. They show you one little clip of the workout. I mean, did you see the whole workout? I I was there and I was peeking, you know, for okay. a, a little bit of it. So sorry, I forget who his guy is, but um, uh, it was it, that I can remember that particularly was seared into my brain. This is this is a couple seasons ago before COVID, where I was like, that's weird. But um, I don't know. You ever do like any slow motion shooting? No. Okay. I don't personally. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess like some of my form shooting in the beginning of the workout might be kind of slow, but besides that, none of it's slow. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, listen, getting out of the box, doing things differently, I love it. So I, I shouldn't be the guy who's like pointing out any of that crap. Uh, in fact, I was the guy yet last night, Clay Thompson had a beautiful right left spot up shot from the top around the top of the key area. And a beautiful the ball went right in the basket. And, um, you know, I, I keep pointing it out like, OK, the one legged three pointer is certainly one thing. But uh, again, I, I kind of feel like the right left on a stationary spot up shot might be better for righties because um, bear with me. You know, do we talk about this before? I can't remember who I talked about this with. But, yeah, see, you know, you've talked about but you like to hop. You like to hop. I, right? Yeah, I'm a hop guy. But then I also I had some one, two things I must have if you're going to shoot it that will then ensure optimal rhythm. But um, the right left, you anchor that shooting foot first, and now you're aligned to the basket without any kind of extra rotation. I think that there might be, and it, it, of course, it, it sounds awkward. It might feel awkward, but it's only that way until it's not, until you practice it enough, right? Yes, that is true. I mean, I always tried to practice both ways, and uh, I know you like to hop, and you do get some nice energy transfer, but you like to hop going from either off a curl and straight line, right? Yeah. I mean, for a long time, I was definitely when you're going to your left on the right side of the floor, uh, hop without question is the best way to do it. On the other side of the floor, when you have to kind of get all the way around to get the proper alignment, I always kind of felt like that's a one, two, because you can plant the left foot and the inside foot and then rotate quicker or better on balance. Wait, if you're, if you're a lefty or a righty, a righty, I'm sorry. So flip this for you, but uh, so for you, it's on the if you're on the right side and you have to plant the right foot and then you can do a one-two because you can get all the way around properly. So you like that side better for a one-two, yeah. Now, okay. but I've had guys who hop who who showed me that you can do it and it's not that crazy. So but, I'm like, okay, maybe we can con- but, you know continue that way. But you know, I just do feel like if you know if you're gonna do one or the other, it should be more consistently one or the other. And but not the ball is actually it. staying in one spot more with the other way, right? When you like, let's like me go like I'm a lefty, me going left, right. The ball is actually staying 
here the whole time. Like it's yeah. staying right you know what I on mean? the left side. Yeah. So on the other way, it'd be the basketball because you're shooting the basketball. You're not shooting the person. It's swinging all the way around and going up. So that would seem even that seems even more difficult. No, what I'm theory. talking about for you is right left. You would you like the hop or you like the one two? No. So if you're if you're a lefty and you are on the right side of the floor coming up, I would want you to go right left uh, on off of a pin down that way. And oh, if you're okay. on the left side of the floor and you're a lefty and you're coming up that way, you'd hop. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean because that is interesting. Aligned. It's just interesting that you would treat one way not as a mirror of the other it's yeah it, right it, no it, i would not exactly for, yeah. for that reason um right. although again i i have seen guys who've been able to train the hop that way on the other side and, and kind of rotate really quickly before they land to hop into the shot and and, it, and they can do it uh you know you but, know and every and every player is different you know some yeah. things work for you know different players yeah well thanks for coming to our ted talk should we get back to the <laughs> nba now i think um <laughs> Let's see here. Anything else in the comments? Or anybody else want to? Oh, you know what? Let's share this link, the link again. Is it still copied? Yeah. If you guys are out there in the comments on YouTube, uh, check out the link I just added to the comments. If you want to join us and uh, chop it up, um, I wonder if it's anywhere else. If I gotta find, and if I wonder if that link is always the same. I'll have to find that out because I would love to paste it into the, uh, the description. Oh, oh, sorry. Here's Martin. You know he wanted to come on before. I feel bad and we missed him. So here's Martin. Let's bring him in. Yeah. What's up, Coach? Hey, what's going on, Martin? How do you? Uh, how's it going tonight? I'm good. What do you think about the bubble trade to the Detroit Pistons? Oh, I don't know. Bubble to the Detroit Pistons, kind of one of those, you know, shrugs. What do you think? I like Bubble. He always does well when he plays. He just didn't. I, that get is much true. He he just didn't get that much opportunity with the Nuggets. Uh, Summer League Bubble was fun, man. Yeah. What do you think, Martin? I think. It's for an opportunity for him to get some playing time since he yeah. didn't get some playing time in Denver. I, I agree. I hope he does get some playing time because um, I think we deserve to see Bull Bull get 20 minutes a game consistently for 30 games. And let's see if, if he can do that, you know, and, and produce. Because you're right. I've seen him. He can cross it over. He can shoot threes. He'll just block shots. It's like he he is a, a, the true definition of a unicorn. Um in the little minutes that we've seen. So uh, what was the trade, though? Who who did they get back? I forgot. I'm looking it up now. But who They traded for Ronnie oh, yeah, Berguter and the second-round pick. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I mean, he fits that timeline nicely, right, with Cade, with Killian Hayes, with Sadiq Bey. Have you seen Cade Cunningham recently? Yeah, he's getting better. He's climbing up the NBA rookie ladder. I know, but just even from a skill standpoint – there is nobody who has as many skills as he does as a rookie 100%. right now. The pivots with the passing. Yeah, he's got into the basket. He's, am, he can, he's, he's ambidextrous. Shooting. He can shoot on three levels. He can score on three levels. Yeah. So, I mean, it's ludicrous if you want to say, I'm sorry, but like if Evan Mobley, he's not in that conversation. He's not He's not anywhere near there skill-wise offensively. Now, no, no, you want to argue that defensively he's better. No, but Coach Nick, Coach Nick. <laughs> Yeah, you have something against Evan Mobley, I think. Man. Not I, I, well, I don't want to be wrong for my initial thing. I like Evan Mobley, by the way. I do like him. I love his – defensively, I love it. He really is fun to watch on that end. Really, really nah, fun. His impact on winning is crazy, Coach Dick. But I would agree with you. I mean, look, the more skillful player doesn't always necessarily mean the better player. But I do like the way Cade Cunningham plays basketball. I was really high on him coming into the draft, and I think he's going to be a great player. He's super skilled, as you know. 
And yeah. he's that most he's the most coveted position in the NBA. He's like that big wing guard who could, you know, score on three levels and a great passer. So yeah, I think but he's we hijacked be great. we hijacked Martin's question. I'm sorry, Martin, but yeah. So I mean, just to wrap it all up and get that to put a bow on it. Um, yeah, this I just I just pray that Bol Bol gets the opportunity that that hopefully he should get in a team that's you know not really going to be winning very many games and wants to develop. So um, we'll see. I'm skeptical, but I'm but I'm I'm hope, hopefully optimistic that he can he can give us 20 minutes a game and show us you know what the little in the little flashes he can show it to us uh, consistently. And what do you think is Sadiq's base ceiling like? Ooh. I don't know. I was higher on Sadiq Bay coming out of college than I am maybe like right now. Really? But what do you think, Combo? Yeah, I mean, he projected more as a 3 and D guy out of college, and I feel like he showed that he could do even more now. So yeah. I don't know why you were higher on him out of college than now, Coach Nick. Oh, really? I don't know. I feel you like know, he, str- watching- he struggled for he struggled for the first um, you know, first part of the season, but he's been coming on stronger lately. Yeah, that's true. I, I I've whatever I've seen, you know, a few of the games this year, and I'm like, eh, I just feel like I would I would want I was wanting more from him already. But you're right, he's doing nicely as it is overall, so I shouldn't be down on him. Um, I, I think what I mean is, you know, I was high on him coming in, and I'm, you know, I have again high hopes for him. And the, the nucleus, I think, is a nice nucleus that should develop together uh, and be really tough. But it, it's going to take a little bit while longer. It'll take another, you know, they're not ready for two years, I think. Okay, Martin. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's it. Thank you. All right, we got Jones twenty three who wants to come on here. Let's uh, bring him in. Add in the stream. Jones, what's happening, my man? Hey, Coach Nick, man, love your platform. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for being part of the show. No, thank you for having me. I just had a question about the um, Bulls, if you didn't mind, like just thinking. Hit it. Um, so I'm a Bulls fan, and I don't want to override the hype of us having success. But I'm thinking like a couple roster moves would put us even more like solidifying the spot if we got rid of a couple guards for a power forward. How would you feel about Brandon Clark? You you don't want to train. You're not going to train Kobe, are you? I like Io better than Kobe, in my opinion. Both good talents, and Kobe has his value, but we won't need it. We got two um, score first guards. I know. I love. I love the story though. He uh, the first three he, adversity he overcame. You know, not getting enough opportunities, and now he looks amazing. Um, so wait, I'm sorry. So who do you want to put together? Who's uh, your your target for the Bulls? I want to bring Brandon Clark from Memphis. Love him. And I, then, yeah, I, him. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And I think he um he's very good power forward. He doesn't get a lot of looks. I feel like we give them maybe a pick and Kobe White and uh one of the threes we got in there. He could really shore up our uh starting five. But do they take Kobe White back when they already have like uh, Tyus uh, Jones and and you know coming off the bench there? I wonder. You know what I mean? Um, maybe. But I, I love Brandon uh, Brandon Brandon Clark anywhere he goes, I, and I and I'm glad to see him doing nicely again. He was great against the Warriors, um, and always felt like he was going to be a really good pro coming out of uh, Gonzaga, and then like he's maybe kind of getting it. Another guy, kind of like Kobe, who sort of got in the wilderness for a while and is now flourishing. Uh, but that said, I, I just, I'd hate to see Memphis break this thing up too. Um, you know, they, they would need something. They wouldn't do it unless they're going to get back something that like really addresses one of their needs. I don't think that like Kobe white does. I mean, a pick would help, but uh, what do you think combo? Yeah. I was thinking it from that perspective. Why would Memphis do that? Right. That's an interesting. Yeah. 
But well, okay, but Jones, you think that um, what's the biggest weakness for the Bulls right now? They need to shore up the defensive center or defensive. Def- definitely our size, and I think Vucevic likes to play that five outwardly. And if we get a four that doesn't mind being in the post, playing some defense, and kind of having that presence, it might shore him up to get a couple more free shots and not work so hard to stretch the offense like we need. Yeah, they definitely need a little bit more depth, big uh, depth in the big man department. How could they get Jeremy Grant? That'd be a good question. Well, they were talking about him or um, Harrison Barnes, and then they would package, uh, you know, gosh, what was that package then for the bull from the Bulls? Um, Jones, who would you like better for them out of those two uh, guys? Honestly, I I don't have a problem with either. I just don't think they add up to what we need all the way. It would just be quick fixes, which again, I know Kobe might have some value, and I love the story too. But I think like we got we got like some steam, and we need to go full steam ahead before we blow this up and just know what we're doing this year. I hear you. Uh, I, yeah, we talked about this last time, I think, right? And you thought that Jeremy Grant would be the better fit, right? Yeah, I, I think Jeremy Grant would be a, a great fit there. I mean, he brings that defensive versatility that you want for that team. And that team, you know, I mean, they're great on offense. They have some great defensive players, but they're not really a great defensive team right now. Their defense doesn't match up to their offense. And they need some depth as well. But they're scary. Like, no team wants to play them. I'll tell you that, Jones, in the playoffs. No team wants to play them. Right. But that said, the, the, the assets are not like I don't know how many assets they might have the package. They could get something really great back, Espe- you know yeah, I mean? especially with a Memphis, because they're not going to do anything to mess up chemistry unless it's something that really makes sense for them. Yeah, yeah that's just a pipe dream of mine. But I'm just the reason <laughs> I don't think Jer- Jeremy Grant's coming is we have a lot of guys around that height, that range. And we might need someone a little bit more solidified at a 610. And even if Clark's not, he plays big like we need someone yeah. that can play big above the rim. That when makes, is Pat, I, when is Pat Williams yeah. coming back? Jones? Mm, it was a couple months last time I checked. It was supposed to be out for season, but I heard there's some new updates or something, but I haven't checked recently. I feel like he'll be out for a while. Yeah, I can check that while we're talking. But, uh, I mean, and I don't know how much you'd expect from him, um, you know, at this point. We're, we're missing all this time and having to – you know, he was on his way toward building to something, but we hadn't seen well, it yet. So If the uh, Pistons believe in him, it could make sense for them, right? Oh, yeah. There, there could be some value, by the way, on that end as far yeah. as from trade. So that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking to see if I can find uh, the, the the Patrick Williams update. Here it is. Patrick Williams update. The most thing I can find right now would be uh, as of October, his effective is four to six months since the last entry they had, the end of October. So that's November, December, January, February. Yeah, so he, he, they wouldn't even come back until February at the earliest, maybe later. So I just don't know if anybody would want to even trade for him at that point until they see that he's you know recovered. Yeah. You know? Uh, although again, it's only ligaments in his left wrist, so it's not the biggest issue injury wise, but you know, interesting, but I, I think the bulls are going to try and really make a move. I, it's hard to know if they're going to actually be able to pull it off, but I guarantee they're, 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 the, they're probably calling everybody more than anybody else. Two of the most fun teams in the league right now are Memphis and the bulls and they play soon when? on Monday, Martin Luther King day. All right. We'll have to keep our yeah. eye off for that one. And Adams is yeah. coming back too. So this they, they should expose us a little bit, I think. I think they're fours. They have a lot of good players that play that three four position and, and it's gonna expose us a little bit. I think we need it though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Well, thanks, Jones. I appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you. All right, take care. Thanks, we have another Jones. caller in there. Are you ready, uh, combo for someone else to let's, throw out another some more you know knowledge at us? Uh we got ret- retro s- snicker. It's interesting. Retro, what's going on, my man? <laughs> Oh, what's up? What's up, bro? I love this. I love your videos. I like them a lot. Oh, like, thanks. I love watching them. Shit. I just like going back in time and seeing what was what used to happen. But yeah, I got a quick question because uh, I'm not a Clippers fan, but I support the team because my guys on there, you know, the best player in the world, 
Kawhi Leonard. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, you. have you seen like the updates on Paul George? Because that has me kind of stressed out right now. Um, don't be stressed out because you know we're looking. Everyone's focused on Kawhi and that news. But let's. I'll tell you right now, Paul George. The most thing He's I not, can see right there's now. There's a chance he won't come back this season. Is that when did that happen? Recently. Yeah, they, they announced that. Yeah. Uh, I miss that. You know what? I, I get so busy. I'm like in my own world editing and whatever, and I miss like certain things. But um, wow, I don't. You know what? I'm looking at the player news for Paul George. I don't even see anything about him. Um, so what um, was it? Tell me. Tell me the announcement in full again. What was the, the thing? Oh, I, I think it was like he was he's going to be out for the there's a possibility that he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And that impacts Kawhi Leonard coming back. So, yeah, if you're the front office of the Clippers and like he and, you know, Paul is not going to come back. But Kawhi's healthy. What what do you do? Does he come back or not? That's crazy because they actually had, a you know, it sounds crazy. But if Kawhi would have came back, like, let's say, 85, 90 percent. They had an outside yeah. chance of coming out the West this year. Outside, you know? we wouldn't yeah. come out the West. And yeah. uh, and also, we you know how Ty Lue, Ty Lue's a great coach, so yeah, that would have just good. all came together nicely. What yeah. so? Uh, what would you do if you were the front office of the Clippers? Like, would you bring Kawhi back or shut no. the season down? I, I have a feeling Kawhi would probably even say, "I'm not going to come back if uh, Paul George is not back." I don't know why I'm saying that. That's my gut instant instinct right now to say that. Do what do you think, Combo? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you, your chances of winning a championship are really low if Paul Paul isn't there. Yeah, and Kawhi is again. You know, he's never going to be 100 percent anyway. I don't think. I think with yeah. his injuries. So, um, I mean, unless some sort of man, he'll show bursts of it, but probably not consistently. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sure it hurts. Like you know, it's like he's not going to necessarily re-injure the tendinopathy he's got in his quads, but it probably just hurts and weighs on you. And it's like I don't know if I can go through that without the kind of support of a Paul George next to me to to be able to take some of that load too. Yeah. So that's what I imagine would would happen. Um, and it's too bad because the Clippers do have a good nucleus. They are well coached. They can compete. Yeah, um, I want them to compete. Like. Like yeah. I didn't even think the Suns were gonna make the uh, finals last year, but then all those injuries happened. Like you can't, uh, you can't like, like predict that. Right. Like, totally. I, like I don't care. Like if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I'm playing, bro. Any anything is possible. Like Kevin Garnett said. Right. Wait, I thought it was um, Zaza said that. No, no he said wait, nothing what? easy. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Zaza don't said nothing hey, easy. Hey don't, hey, don't mention Zaza to me. Don't mention Zaza to me as a Kawhi Leonard fan. Oh, that's true too. But yeah. hey, you know, I did a video on that. Whether or not that was intentional, I don't. I don't. You know, I'm I'm going with not unintentional. But uh, I caught another one, by the way. I'm, I'm preparing a, a Steph video about him shooting threes and not getting called when they landed uh -huh. his face. I caught one from somebody on some team, maybe the Heat, who like swept the leg underneath his leg a little bit uh, on as on his way down, and he landed like on the foot, but was able to get out of that before, without hurting himself. But I don't know. I showed it to a couple of people thinking, like, what do you think about this? And they all seem to think that that wasn't necessarily a natural move. So we're going to have an explosive one on that, too, on Steph and how people are letting him land or not land and why they're not calling it. So hey, did you see what happened with uh, Kyrie in Portland when he called out the oh, little? Oh, yes. Yeah. Is this the place where I'm going to be able to – I have not weighed in on that on Twitter because I just didn't know if I could handle the hate. But should we weigh on it now, Calvo? Is it time? Let's get it done. Do you think that was a dangerous play? Yeah, let me. I'm gonna tweet dirty? this out and let everybody know real quick that I'm about to talk about this. So if you give me one second, uh, everybody, while we do this, because uh, it's important. Um, wait, where's the? Uh, let me get the uh, the link here. Share. Yeah, Sorry, you're gonna watch me tweet live uh, on on. Uh, I'm going to discuss. Hey, I follow you on Twitter, so I'm about to see this right now. Oh, there you go. Well, I'll, I can tag you. 
What's mm-hmm. what's your hang on? Nah, this I don't is, really get on Twitter, so oh, you don't okay, no, you don't have to tag me. I'm going to discuss was it not Sir Little? Um, yes, sir. Yeah, it was Little his dive um underneath uh Kyrie uh live and it's it might be a hot take. Um join us. Okay. Uh so here's my take on it. And Combo, you're probably familiar with my whole thing about diving for loose balls, right? And not, or not diving for loose balls, right? Right, definitely. So it's not even like you shouldn't dive for loose balls. It's the inane drills that coaches will run that will have you in the mindset, I must dive for any ball that happens to be on the ground at any time. Instead of let's train players to stay on their feet, which is what the best players do. They stay on their feet long and more than anybody else does. Train them to sprint doubled over and be able to scoop the ball up and go. Now, what he did, what Little did, was dive underneath a player when the ball had no chance of being corralled by him. Not zero. But he knows I need to dive to show that I am hustling. This is fake hustle. This is the fake BS. Now, it is not Little's fault. Little has been trained by coaches his entire career to overcome any kind of skill deficiencies you might have by diving and sliding across the floor as much as you can. And that's going to get everybody hyped up and everything. So Kyrie is right. It's not a good play. That is not a good play specifically, especially the way it unfolded and where the ball was. Um, So that's my take on it. We have to stop sort of training players to be in some sort of mindset where they have to just die for the ball, even when they know they're never going to get it. Like that's, that's sort of the mindset I think he had. And he even said he would do it again. And that's problematic in the sense that he has taken to heart all of that coaching and, um, and, 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 you know, hasn't, doesn't understand what the ramifications of that is. Combo. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense and it was just dangerous. Like if somebody did that to me, I would be upset too. Yeah. Me and personally. now Kyrie ultimately wasn't hurt, right? Did he twist the ankle? I can't remember. They said he yeah, it, it, it kind of twisted. It kind of, but twisted. he's okay. I think he, yeah. I think he can play the next game. He's ready for, and I guess this is a segue a little bit. But now the Nets could play a small fine, and he can play in Brooklyn, right? Uh, I saw that tweet, but I, you know, wasn't clear. You know, after they're going to pay five thousand dollars a game, ultimately, that's probably worth the price oh, yeah. of a yeah, admission to do it for sure, right? Of course, yeah. it's worth it for them, Coach Nick. And they, and they need him. I mean, that's clearly they need him. Well, no, to get to the, the next first level. time, the first time is a warning. The second time is a, a certain amount of money. Then it's a little bit more money. And then it gets to five thousand. Yeah, then it gets to five thousand. And then it stops. And then then it then it's five thousand every game. You're right. That would be let's just call it thirty game. It's one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's probably nothing to them. So yeah, they should just pay the fine and let him do it. No, they're gonna make that back in ticket sales probably from yeah. Kyrie playing. I right? mean, and- look at any game right now. No one's wearing masks. They're not enforcing anything anyway at this point. So what's the difference between having the guy on the court like you know breathing heavy? I, I don't know at this point. I'm I, I'm kind of I'm I'm over it. Even though I'm a very strict mask wearer and understand this, if you wear an N95. Mask, mask it reduces the amount of particles that come out of your mouth the this is spread by the particles coming out of your mouth that is a good thing this is a thing that prevents disease from spreading um for any of the end maskers out there but uh the bottom line is yeah hey, they, Coach uh, Nick, do you see this i can see it yeah that's Hold on, cool. let me turn on my lights real quick yeah I'll, I'll, I'll even let's see if i can make you bigger you uh, see that you see that uh it says clippers are operating on the possibility that paul george may not return this season yeah i see that yeah uh, I can't get you bigger. Oh, there you go. Well, that was bigger. All right. Um, yeah. So anyway, the point being that um, 
that that's really sad that Paul George can't come back. And if he can't get rehabbed in time, whatever, um, I, I, that means Kawhi doesn't come back. And then it also just to put a button on the, the Sierra little thing. Um, it's I, I yeah, let, let, first of all, let Kyrie let, pay the fine, let him play at this point. And, uh, and you shouldn't be diving uh, needlessly just to prove some weird, you know, fake hustle thing. So uh, that, that's my take on it. And, 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 and to continue that whole thing is, you know, if you train your players to be able to sprint like doubled over, like a third baseman going over a, for a, you know, a slow grounder, like that is skill. That's better skill than, you know, diving for the ball. Even though you might think that, Oh, it's going to get my whole, all my teammates hyped up. It's a lot more hyping when you get the ball and scoop it up and get for the layup, right? Like versus on the ground, now you're fighting for it. It's a jump ball. It's a travel. It's a lot of different things. Mostly that's what happens. I've seen this. You'll, you'll see this now that I've, I'll tell you that you've seen it. You'll see it. Guys will get the ball first, and they're on their back in a very, you know, um, un, um, a position of non-strength. And a guy standing on top of him will just come and rip the ball out of his hands. And that's what I would train my guys to do. Okay, he gets there first. He gets lower. Oh, okay, fine. You're on top. You just rip it out of his hands. The very yeah, usually, I mean, a lot of time it leads to a jump ball. But you're, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But like, I, you know, it's hard. You know, go, go sit on your back and hold the ball like on your in front of your chest like that, and then see if you can keep it in their hands. If someone standing on top of you comes in there and tries to rip it out, like that, that's going to be hard. And it's, again. You have to train this. This is something that like coaches have trouble with when they argue with me about it because they can't envision what it's like to train. Okay, we have another super chat. But anyway, Retro, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Um, Jason Kelly, thank you so much for the super chat. Very, very generous. You say, fully healthy Lakers versus Grizz prediction playoff. Great question because we're talking about AD. I'm going to go with Memphis. No, I always pick against LeBron, and I'm always get screwed from it. So I don't know if I can. Can you pick against LeBron? Um, <laughs> they. I mean, right now, if this the way the team's currently constructed, I'll take the Grizz. But now, nah, honestly, if uh, AD comes back, I'm taking the Lakers. Wow. Uh, I would have to say first of all, who is um, who's got um, home court advantage? I think would be something, right? Yes, that would be something, but. Coach Nick, I would go with the Lakers. All right, let me kind of start a picture this. All right, who who guards LeBron? Is it is it Jaron Jackson? Kyle Anderson. Oh yeah, and then also probably like Dylan Brooks. He's gonna right. Yeah, he's and that's playoff yeah. LeBron. He's gonna get better. Yeah, I got. I think. I think. You know what? I might go with Memphis. Really? I might go with that. Okay, here's the thing. Memphis home court advantage. I go with them. How about that? I'll I'll, I'll really weasel out. Would you out just see it. a whole bunch of Desmond Bain threes, quick hitters? Yeah. And um, by the way, Desmond Bain guarding LeBron. Why not? Um, you know, um, yeah, they have enough players to throw at him. They have a lot of firepower uh, and the Lakers defense would not would, would not do well. You know, you know, I mean, if you look at basketball as a whole, the way <laughs> Memphis plays basketball, it's a better brand of basketball. But LeBron could always defy the odds. And then if he has AD there, it makes it possible. Yes. Um, yeah, I hear you. That's the uh, I, I hear that, but again, I'm, I'm I I uh, I love the uh, the underdog story, so I'm going with um. Are they? I with, mean, aren't the Lakers the underdog story at this point? Oh, I mean, LeBron can't be an underdog. Okay, right? He can't. I mean, the Grizz aren't even underdogs anymore at this point. I mean, they're legit. Yeah, they are. They're. I mean, they're. They are. They are, and they made the playoffs last year too. So it's not like yeah, they're they're unheralded at this point. So yeah, they for had, sure. yeah. John Moran had a crazy showing against the Warriors last year. Yeah, for sure. 
Now here's the, okay, here, the interesting issue. If I scroll too far down in the comments, I can't turn off this comment when it's there. I got to go find it again. But anyway, here it is. Boom, there it goes. Well, listen, we're getting to the end of the show. We, we hit the hour mark like we usually do. Um, what else? I think we wrap up anything Anything that we want to talk about? What else What else is there? I don't know. I'm uh, really glad we I'll... talked about, about uh, Van Vliet. I'm really glad that we, I could deal, preface that. Stay tuned for that video tomorrow. Stay tuned for that video. No, this was a great show. I think we keep getting better, Coach Nick. That was Absolutely. Really fun. And yeah. I'll give you a little nugget out there about what I noticed about uh, Fred Van Vliet, which is very interesting and unique. He's you know nailing threes at like 45% in the last nine games. And so many of them come off of offensive rebounds, kickouts to him. And it's remarkable how they just lose him and he's just standing all by himself when they kick it out for these threes. How, how many of these games were in uh, Toronto's arena? Because I think the fan list thing does have a huge effect. I'm like really big on that. I've always been big on that. I was big on that before even the bubble. Like I have tweets like pre-bubble that like we're going to see some outrageous shooting performances because there's going to be no fans. That's true. And I've heard uh, NBA players have told me that too. When the, no fans is a big thing for a lot of players. But uh, Van Vliet's tough. He knows how to handle that. But I'll tell you right now. No, um, I just think shoot. I don't think it's that you can't handle it. I just think that like the crazy, the greatest shooting performances I've ever seen weren't in big arenas. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. You know? Uh, well, I'd say of, of his last nine games, because remember, there's two games he didn't play in in the midst of this nine-game stretch uh, for the overall the team. So it's the last 11 games for the Grizz, for the um, Raptors, but nine for Fred VanVleet. Six of those were at home. So that's yeah. Something. I mean, all right. I well, I'll tell you this: I, at Brooklyn was one of them, and he went six for 14 from three. Was telling the same. And oh, I'm sorry. And he's only he only played two. I'm sorry. He only played two away games in this stretch. But he shot you. five for ten from three in the other one against Milwaukee, and those are two of the top teams. And uh, and with the New York Knicks, I think Julius Randle, when he was playing with no fans, he played with more poise. He wasn't as rushed. Interesting. And then when the fans came back, that changed a little bit for him. And I think it's like that for a lot of players. I think yeah, it's a totally diff different atmosphere. You know, we got one person who wants to come on right at the end here, Rodney. Should we bring him in? Bring him in. All right, let's do it, Rodney. What's up, man? You're the last on, caller in here. Let's let's get it done, man. What's going on, Coach Man? How how you doing today? I, I'm good. I'm getting a little hungry, actually. Uh, thanks for letting me, me on the show. Um, so you, you, I know you made a video about um, Steph Steph slump and how he's struggling from the field overall. Yeah. What do you think is like the main reason why he's struggling from like so close to the rim? Oh, so close to the rim. Well, the thing I noticed when he's shooting is the lefty finishes are way off, uh, and that's a, that's a unique thing for him. He doesn't always doesn't usually miss those, and it, it struck me as lefty was a lot more than the righty misses. So I would I would surmise, you know, and maybe I know something, maybe I don't about maybe the hand is banged up or something like that, and then it's going to heal, then he'll get he'll get back to, you know, better shooting splits from there. Um, but it is concerning. I mean, he's had years where he was like seventy percent from inside ten feet. And he's at like, I think he's at like 50 or something like that. Um, and that's crazy, you know, crazy low for someone like that. Now, you could say he's getting older and he's got less bounce and less whatever. You know, maybe. the le By the way, more lefty finishes for him get blocked uh, too, really blocked, because he, he doesn't necessarily elevate as much. Um, but the, that's the thing I've noticed is the left hand has been off a lot more than the right. Um and I, I, I'm willing to think that, like, if that hand feels better after X amount of time, he'll get back to being shooting better. Is that is that a good enough answer? Yeah, it's just uh, surprising how um, I think like like last year he was he was really 
usually hitting those. And yeah. And, I, and, I, and it doesn't feel to me like this is a moment of like, okay, like for instance, LeBron, right? We were seeing some decline athletically from him as he gets to this, whatever, what is this? His, his 25th year in the league, whatever it is. And, um, it's 18th, you know, and, I think. Yeah. And it's not like, I'm not throwing shade on him. Like, you could, he just doesn't elevate as well sometimes. He, I, I mean, plays that he would have dunked with his teeth, you know, he misses because he's, you know, doesn't elevate as well. He's he shoots better now, though. He shoots better from the outside now? Mm -hmm. eh, does he? I mean, there was Miami years he shot really well, but in general, yeah. One year. It's always sort of been inconsistent to me, but either way. Um, and by the way, even where he is now, it's still like better than you know most players. But still, if we're talking about LeBron's standards, it's it's lower than it used to be. Now, Steph, I don't think he's gotten to that point of his career yet, athletically, physically. It doesn't feel that way looking at how he's moving around screens. But um, yeah, all I, all I can say is maybe he's beat up a little bit and he's going to have to try and get a little more healthy and that'll help. But uh, let's let's revisit this in another like two weeks, and if it's still that way. And by the way, if the Warriors' offense is still plummeting, it was like 25th, I think, in there when I did the video in the last 10 games, whatever. That's not good either. They have to fix that in a hurry um, if they want to get this, you know, to get back to where they were. All righty. All right. I guess I guess I put Rodney to sleep. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. What do, you, what do we say? Uh, let's wrap it up and uh, and, and uh, call it a night. I think we're gonna we're gonna post this one, right? That's the idea. To, to, uh, in case you miss some of this, we'll post it as an audio pod on my feed for tomorrow. Nice. Uh, but awesome stuff, combo. Thanks again for being here. I hope you I hope you had a good time. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun coaching. A, always fun it. talking basketball with coaching it. It's always fun talking to you and chopping it up and bringing in all the people and having all these super chats and everything. So. Thank you so much, Combo, for being here. Thank you guys on the on the chat for being here as well and in the, and the rest of the audience watching. And uh, don't forget it, B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? You in, Combo? I'm in, Coach Nick.